You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A frustrating loss for the Boston Celtics in game two against the Miami Heat, blowing a 17-point lead to lose by five. I'm Sierra Goodwill here with Josue Pavone, Jimmy Toscano, and Bobby Manning. We're going to get into the post-game locker room blow-up. Marcus Smart apparently storming out, swearing, things were thrown. Before we get into that, what happened in specifically in this third quarter, but also down the stretch? Was it Miami's zone or was it just the Celtics beating themselves in this game? Well, it started with Tice getting whacked across the head there and coming out of the game. And Cantor comes in and they give up three monstrous dunks on the roll to Bam. I thought that's where they started to lose themselves a little bit. And then the offense fell apart. I think they finished one for eight in that third quarter. Uh, so both ends, they're falling apart on both sides. I think Brad said they didn't do anything right in that third quarter between the quarters. Uh, so they didn't do much of anything in that third quarter. And it, it didn't drag into the fourth. They started the fourth well. They held the heat to two of 11. They hit the bonus. Uh, you know, Brown obviously had a big stretch to try to win the game. But so I was kind of stunned that the locker room blew up because I look at this and said, they just got to fix like one quarter here. And then to see them just throwing things across the locker room, apparently, was jarring for me. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, Sierra. Um, the Celtics, I thought, defensively, they just started letting up. They, were, they weren't the same team that we saw in the first half. Rebounding, yeah. Yeah, I thought a lot of that came down to effort. It just seemed like the Miami Heat wanted it more. But, you know, to, to Bobby's point, when they held Miami, it seemed like the, the water was running dry. And that offense, you know, sometimes it seems like, you know, went live or die by the three. It looked like they were dying by it in that fourth quarter. And then the Celtics, I just thought it was poor shot selection by the Celtics. And specifically, I'm looking at Marcus Smart now. I don't know if this is a direct correlation. It's not fair to assume, but obviously I'm, my mind is going there moments after the game. Uh, one that stuck out uh, in particular was, I mean, we were talking about under two minutes left to go. He's got, he's completely defended and he wants to do a contested uh, fadeaway jump shot. A tragic, okay. yeah. All right. You want it to be, you know, a little... A little heroish, in my opinion, in that in that instant. Okay, that's fine. And then he does it. He does it again. You know, the ball swinging, which was doing, which was doing so well in that first half. I'm like, wow, look at the Celtics' offense flowing the way it should be. And it gets to Marcus Smart, where he could have had at least two more passes we could have seen in that possession behind the arc. He chucks it again. I just thought careless possessions like that were starting to stack up. And when you see someone like Marcus Smart, or at least you hear about. Marcus Smart being the one that was screaming in that locker room. You can't help but wonder if there was a direct correlation between those two possessions and what was being said in the locker room. 
Yeah, for me, it was it was a sloppiness. Definitely shot selection. I mean, I agree, I agree with you guys on that, but 20 turnovers, um, you know, you're letting the heat get out in transition. You're not really getting out in transition on your on your end. And again, how much of it is mental? How much of it is them saying, okay, here we go again. It's another third quarter lead that we're slowly watching dwindle away here. Because they did, you know, finally, you know, come somewhat back to earth in the fourth quarter there. And, and you know, the, the both teams are going back and forth. But to be outscored 20 points in the third quarter in the Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, at this point, you're a good team, right? I mean, you shouldn't be outscored like that. You shouldn't make a 13-point lead evaporate that quickly. And I think what you saw in the locker room was just frustration. I mean, and all the players and coaches are going to say the right thing after the game. And I, I believe them to that. I, I don't think I, I don't think these guys don't like each other. I think they do like each other. And listen, you know, they're around each other, twenty four seven right now, right? I mean, they played a lot of games, you know, every other every other day. And this one is testing their mental fortitude because they're down 0-2. This is the most adversity they faced as a team. And, you know, their backs are up against the wall. So they're airing out their grievances. And I, and I expect to see them come out, you know, with some togetherness in game three. Yeah, you know, it's a problem when the Celtics' two best players have more turnovers than the entire Heat combined sloppiness. Wow. Huge, huge issue uh, tonight in game two. But back to the oh, locker room, because we heard from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker. Marcus Smart declined to talk to the media after the game. He that was wasn't emotional. great left early but they really downplayed it they said listen we are emotional you're not supposed to be happy when you're down 0-2 and played a bad game that you feel like you should have won Kimba Walker reiterating it was nothing it was nothing we're fine is this locker room blow up kind of the Kyrie team 2.0 bad situation or I knew someone gonna drop the k word I knew it <laughs> or will we'll it be not, not canter I know. Or will it be the kick in the butt that the Celtics team needs after two frustrating games where they could have, if not should have, come out on top? It's so hard to say without the context of what happened in there. Like, we can try to piece things together, but ultimately it looks like maybe something got said to Smart and he reacted that way because of the fact that he didn't uh, talk to the media after. He left the locker room swearing and said, y'all on some bullshit or whatever he said out there. Um, that that's what I was dead on. Yeah, that that wasn't <laughs> that, that was what makes me a little fearful of that situation. Now, if I look at it in a more positive light, we've seen Brad over the last few days say some things about this team. Like we didn't even need to watch film because it's obvious we're not getting back in transition. Um, what I already mentioned between the third and fourth quarters tonight, and so he's not a guy who's going to blow up on the team. We just know that seven years in, he's not going to be the one smashing the clipboard in the pieces like Steve Kerr. Uh, so maybe Marcus Smart had to do that job and just really lay a fist into the team. But, you know, with what Joe Sway said about how he ended the game and how things seemed to transpire there, I don't think that's exactly how that went. So no practice tomorrow. Um, I just hope there's some good communication because they don't have a long time to fix those things. Like if they just come out and do the same thing on Saturday, the series is over. Yeah, the clock is ticking for sure, Bobby. And I'm with you, man. I, I think with Marcus Smart getting that emotional, I, I, if I had to assume, and of course, that's what I'm doing right now, um, there's something, something that happened in there. And I think it's something that could be fixed. That's the luxury of being with uh, that core, that core Celtics players, I guess, minus uh, Kemba Walker, having two plus years together. That core going through adversity, through playoff series, just like this, you know. Um, they've never trailed this much, though, you know, throughout this playoffs. They've never been down two games. They've never been down at all. So I think 
you have to take that into consideration when you think about how emotional they are after a game like this, which another game that they could have easily won, another winnable game. Also, keep in mind, um, yesterday marked the anniversary of Marcus Smart's uh, mother's death, her passing. Um, this bubble experience, are we overlooking how difficult it really is for these players? I, I think right. a little bit. You know, I don't know if I don't know if that rings true for every single team or or most players in the NBA, but I think because the Celtics have that tight knit group and the, the way they've been all season long, I think they only have each other right now. You know, not to sound too emotional, but I mean that's what wow. that's the situation. That's what it is. So I think they're gonna come together. I think they don't have a choice, and I think they're all. Uh, competitors that have been through adversity and have been through this before. I really don't think the series is over. I don't. I, I think that's a good point, Josue, and I think it's weighing heavily on Brad Stevens as well. People obviously are giving him crap for being outcoached in this series, but I feel like almost multiple times a week he's saying how frustrated he is with uh, not having his family around. So it's right. not a pass, but a it's point. definitely something to consider as you see him consistently be short uh, in press conferences and stuff, it's hard. It's a hard situation for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you, you, you don't like to see, you know, your, your teammates yelling at each other, but we've been following this team all year. And I, I, I don't I mean, flying over your head. <laughs> I've, I, yeah, exactly. I know that's a little much, but I've never gotten the vibe that these guys don't like each other. And I did kind of get that vibe last season. So I'm definitely not taking it as a huge negative. I think they're emotional after a loss. Was something said to Marcus Smart? Maybe, or maybe he's just an emotional guy anyways. And he, maybe it was something very minor. And he, and he, and listen, Marcus Smart, he watches the film. He probably would take, he probably would take back that shot that, that he, that he took. So he doesn't need to hear when he takes a bad shot, I'm sure. So if that's what it was, um, I'll be a little disappointed in that. I think it's more like these guys just need to wake each other up a bit. And maybe Brad does need to take on a little bit. I know that's not his style, but maybe if he did that last year, maybe it wouldn't have felt like Kyrie. He's done it, Jimmy. Like, he's been tough on them statement-wise. Like, he's just not going to turn red and explode. No, like I know, but and hopefully he is like that more behind the scenes. I'm just trying to figure out ways why the players would feel they need to go at each other. Um, you know, when the, when the, if, if the coach isn't already doing it, there's no re reason to add salt in the womb. If the coach just reamed out the entire team, they wouldn't need to ream out each other. Right. Well, a, hey, you, you, you made a good point, Jimmy. They're young. They'd be the youngest finals team ever. So this is still something you have to learn. Like yeah. Those, yeah. They, they keep talking about not, you know, complaining about calls and not getting back. And they're still doing right. that. So, like, there's, there's lapses there. They're young, but they're not inexperienced. So it only goes so far for those excuses, especially this deep in the playoffs now. But for all the rest of our Celtics coverage, you can find it on our website at clnsmedia.com and on our YouTube channel at Celtics All Access.